Welcome to the Artistic Finance Podcast, where we break down the wall between art and money. If you're here looking for how to be an artist and financially sustain a career, you're in the right place. Keep listening and join us as we learn about artists and how they make money work for them. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Ethan Steimel, here for episode 12. Thank you for listening. Before we get to today's interview, I have a favor to ask. That is to please visit our YouTube page and subscribe to our channel. If you want to be even more helpful, also find our podcast on your podcast app, subscribe, and leave a rating. Doing that helps us find more listeners. Today's guest is choreographer Sergio Trujillo. Sergio made his Broadway debut as a performer in Jerome Robbins Broadway in 1989. He made his choreographic debut with All Shook Up in 2005. In 2015, he won an Olivier Award for Best Theater Choreographer for Memphis. In 2016, he garnered a Tony nomination for Best Choreography for On Your Feet. And in 2019, he won the Tony Award for Best Choreography for Ain't Too Proud. In 2011, Sergio had four shows simultaneously running on Broadway. Tony Award-winning Best Musical Memphis, Tony Award-winning Best Musical Jersey Boys, The Addams Family, and Next to Normal, which won the 2010 Pulitzer Prize. Other Broadway credits include Summer, the Donna Summer Musical, A Bronx Tale, Hands on a Hard Body, Leap of Faith, and the 2009 revival of Guys and Dolls. He directed and choreographed Cirque du Soleil's Paramore in Hamburg, Germany, and directed and choreographed Arabelle at the American Repertory Theater. Sergio also had the honor of being distinguished as one of the top 100 Colombians in the world by President Juan Manuel Santos. If you've never met Sergio or had an opportunity to see him work, I'll say that he is a kind and generous person, an utmost professional, and incredibly talented. I'd like to thank him for making the time to sit and discuss his career and finances with us. Without further ado, let's get to our interview. Sergio, welcome to the podcast. Pleasure. I'm, I'm thrilled and delighted to be talking to you. And then I'm just going to say that this is July 10th that we're recording this of the year 2020. So we're in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. And then we're also amidst the reawakening of the Black Lives Matter movement across the world. I can say that that metaphorically, too, uh, we are sitting in the middle of a, of a rainstorm today. So, so rain is pouring. It is pouring in every single way. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, man. Um, Could you give us a two minute recap of your life and your career to where you are right now? Okay, we do. But I I don't know that two minutes are enough to (laughs) to be able to... Or half an hour. (laughs) It all began centuries ago in Colombia, South America. A young boy (laughs) running free through the woods of Cali, Colombia with with abandonment, uninhibited, (laughs) dreaming of someday coming to New York and dancing and, and directing choreographing on Broadway. Eventually he made it. <laughs> no, uh, no, I have, I, um, I have, um, I have quite a, quite a journey here. I, I uh, was born in Cali, Colombia. My family immigrated to Canada in mid seventies. Uh, why Canada? It was just easier to get access to as a, as an immigrant. The laws were not quite as, as, as strict as the American immigration laws. So, uh, my entire family landed in Toronto. Uh, in my mid-20s, I decided to take a leap of faith and come to New York City and try out and see if I can make it on Broadway as a dancer here in New York City. I just always thought, you know, if I'm going to dance, I have to do, I have to go where the best are at. So I came to New York not knowing anyone. It was during that time I was actually 
before that I was studying chiropractic and before that I was I went to the University of Toronto. I was studying biochemistry and then I went to chiropractic school. But it was during my second year of chiropractic school that I decided to take a sabbatical. That's when I came to New York. It was during the sabbatical that, that um, I auditioned for Jerome Robbins Broadway. And um, that's the show that changed my life forever. 30 years later, here we are. Amazing. And you've done a ton of work <laughs> since <laughs> I've, then. I've been, I've, been, I've been very fortunate. I had, a, I had a wonderful career as a dancer. I, I bookended it. I, my first show was Jerome Robbins Broadway. My swan song was Fosse. Uh, so, you know, to bookend a uh, career with those two greats, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, but then, you know, I've also had the opportunity of having, have, you know, working on, on some really important original musicals. I think out of, out of the 12 Broadway shows I've done, I've only done one revival. The rest have been original. Wow. That's, an, that's awesome. Um, and then the other thing is if you go to Google you, if you just type you into the bar, it comes up with your name as a dancer. But I sort of know you more as a choreographer, I guess, director. Yeah. Because you've, he, done, you've done more of that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why the dancer comes up, but that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> that's all right. Less, I have less people stalking me. I was <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so in Colombia, you, like you were joking earlier about wanting to move to New York. And then you also went to chiropractic school which to me is not not like moving to new york material necessarily at what age did you think i want to go to new york uh it was it was during my second year of chiropractic school so i was 23 22 23 years old yeah i'd already been to college i'd already been to university of toronto for three years in order for you to get into chiropractic school you have to do all pre-med courses in the university of toronto so that's why i majored in biochemistry uh and then i got accepted into chiropractic school but it was during that time. I was also studying dance while I was in school. Uh, I, I didn't come to it till very late, till I was 18, 19 years old. And, but once I found dance, let me just backtrack a little bit. I, I did a lot of social dancing in my family growing up Latin and Colombian. You know, dance is a big part of our, of our culture. I, again, when I was in my second year of practice school and I decided that I wanted to really take a leap of faith in dance, that's when I decided if I'm going to do it, and I was in Toronto at the time. If I'm going to do it, I have to go over the best around. And that was New York City, the, you know, the epicenter of, of dance. Yeah, that's amazing. So did you become a Canadian citizen? And are you a U.S. citizen now? Yes. I, so I came to America. I, I went from Colombia to Canada. We immigrated legally for a little bit. And then I became legal after a while. But I became a citizen. And then, and then I moved to America. I eventually became a, an American citizen. Okay. And I, I'm just curious because I've never done that. Do you get to keep your Canadian citizenship and your Colombian citizenship or do you, are you just U.S. now? No, I, keep, I get to keep my Canadian and my American. Nice. And Colombian or no? Maybe. I'm not sure. I still have the passport, but I don't think nobody's told me to rip it apart. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Um, so let's get to know your creative personality a little bit. Um, what is a live event that you like to experience as an audience member? I, you know, the things, I think the things that I enjoy are things where I can just surrender and not be judgmental. I do like, and I haven't been to as many as I would like to, but, but pop stars, you know, I've been to, I mean, I love pop culture. I, you know, I've been to the Beyonce concert. I've been to Madonna's concert. I've been to Bon Jovi, Michael Jackson back when, you know, like 30 years, over 30 years ago. And those because I just think that, um, you know, music is such a fabulous theatrical medium that I could just I could just go with it. I would also say that I'm very specific about the kinds of shows that I go see. I mean, I'm, I'm a Tony voter, so I have no 
you know, I got no control over that. But before that, previously that, I'd be very specific about the shows that I would go see just because I, I don't want to go to the theater and be judgmental. I want to go to the theater and surrender so that I can then allow my colleagues work or, or art to inspire me or inspire other thought or trigger thought. And I think with, 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 with sort of rock concerts, I, I sort of surrender because it's just, I hate to say mindless entertainment, but it's just, it's just, it's just fun, you know, and I think we take, we can take ourselves so seriously sometimes. Yeah. The movement, you have to surrender because like, if you think about something, by the time you're thinking about it, you're, you've already moved on to the next beat in the music. So it's like you, you have to be in the moment for things like that. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what is a piece of art that you like? A piece of art that I like, actually a piece of art that I like is this one that we have in our living room. I'll show it to you. Yeah. We got it in Argentina. Isn't that great? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Is it a photo? It is. It's a photo, but it's, there's like three layers to it. Wow. Yeah. And uh, we got that in Argentina. I also like this one. Is that a photo Photo of paintings? <laughs> no, that, that, was a, that was a painting, but that one is actually, we bought that in LA and it actually ends up, it's very similar to our apartment here in New York City because it overlooks something that looks like, we were kind of like manifesting that. Yeah. That, you know, it's, it looks very much like our apartment. Um, but no, I like the one that I just showed you, uh, which was painted by, uh, and, uh, which was, which is, it's a, it's a piece of art by an Argentinian artist. We bought that when we were in Argentina, we were looking to buy, uh, whenever we travel, we like to bring back something that's a piece of art or, or, or photos from any, any artist, local artists from wherever we are. And, um, so we were there, we were shopping around for a picture and we found, I mean, for a, for a piece of art and we found this piece, but it's actually really interesting because that that's a picture of the stairs at the Guggenheim. Museum. Really? <laughs> Done by an Argentinian artist. So we went in search of some, also we wanted something very Argentinian, but instead we brought something back that was by an Argentinian artist, but it was very New York. That's amazing. That's really, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. Um, you'll have to send me a picture of it that I can post like with this episode. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that's really cool. Um, do you have a go-to book or maybe a mentor for your choreography? I don't. I started to read the Bob Fosse, both the Bob Fosse and Jerome Robbins. Uh, I've tried to read both of their bios. The Bob Fosse biography I had to put down because I was, it just became so cynical and negative that I just, I prefer to remember the man and his work and not the, and not the dysfunction. And then the same thing with Robbins, you know, Robbins was quite the tyrant and quite a, you know, he was serious. It was a, they're from another era. And I would prefer to not let that affect how I feel about their work. You know, occasionally I'll look at on in YouTube. I mean, that's the luxury of having accessibility to YouTube and, and anything really on, on the internet is, is that you can actually, uh, uh, see, we've not gotten lazy, which has become a little bit more sophisticated in terms of what the source of, of information or, or inspiration is. Yeah, amazing. What type of music do you listen to? I listen to everything. Again, I, I love pop culture. I love, right now I'm very much into Max Richter. You know him? No. <laughs> he's a composer, actually. He's, he does, he's done a lot, of, uh, a lot of films. But I think what happens with, you know, sometimes... Or my friend Gustavo Santaolalla, who, is that, who composed the music for Brokeback Mountain and Babel. But what those composers do to me is that I can sometimes get carried away because those compositions are so theatrical. And so I, I sort of, like, in my head, I just start to imagine 
worlds, uh, pictures, you know, so I can get carried away in that kind of music. Yeah, I understand. Okay, um, do you have any hobbies? Oh, my hobbies, you know, I'm not a hobby kind of guy. Um, when I can, when I used to, I used to run, I used to swim. I've never been a hobby guy. My hobby is what I do for a living. Most people say that, actually, yeah. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I don't, I don't. I wish. I don't. I don't need anything to distract me from. I want to do, you know, a stream of consciousness, you know, when, when I'm working, when I'm walking, when I'm, you know, things divine, and the divine intervention happens at any point, any time, no matter what I do. So, and I'm always in search for it. So I love it. Okay. So that was your creative personality. Now let's learn your financial personality. Could you describe your demographics? So I've just recently filled in our census and I'm Latino, but I had to check the box of white, oh, okay. which I found very interesting. It was a weird sort of categorizing of it. You know, I'm, I'm very confused by it all. I'm Latino as far as I'm concerned. So whatever the census says, I'm Latino. Yeah. So in terms of race, I'm Latino. I am male. I am mid fifties. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I'm coming to the other side of mid fifties, which I didn't really care before, but now I'm seeing the other side. So I'm going, okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, I try to, I try to stay very, very, very young, not in terms of maturity, but in terms of my outlook and, and, and staying with my eyes wide open and my ears, just really, really far reaching, reaching far and wide. Cause I think it, it inspires and it affects your work. I think it's important to stay very much, in touch with what is going on in the world, not only, you know, news, politics, social, socially, but also I think it's important to trend, music, uh, art, uh, really staying, staying really connected to young people. Yeah. Um, and then education, we already, I think you did like two years. Yeah. Of- I went to university of Toronto, I degree in biochemistry, um, science, and then I went to chiropractic school. I did not finish okay. chiropractic school. I gotcha. Um, relationship status, single or not single? I am married. I've been together with my with my partner husband for 30 years. It'll be 30 years this October. We met during my first Broadway show, Joan Roman's Broadway, and, uh, and we have a two-year-old, two and a, almost two-and-a-half-year-old. That's amazing. That's awesome. So you've been together for 30 years. Try COVID and a two-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I know. we. Um, yeah, we know people have had babies during this time, and it's just like... We were because we were thinking about having a baby, but then this hit, and we're like, we are so glad we did not pull the trigger on that yeah. too soon. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say wait for a little bit, but it's the most, it's the most beautiful decision, most amazing experience I've ever had. So that's awesome. Um, okay, are you like a stereotypical artist, bad with money, or are you a money wizard? I am. I've always been incredibly organized about my finances. Always make sure that I have a reserve. Um, I have a beautiful apartment. I've invested my money well. I'm not a, a, a gambler in terms of um, my, my finances. It's invested, but it's not invested aggressively. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not rest, reckless with my, with my spending either. I allow myself to have a good life and, and be able to take care of my family, my, my mom, my sister, my nieces and nephews provide. Uh, but um, it's all of those things that are very important to me. Yeah, that's awesome. And also it makes sense that you're organized because I've observed you working as a choreographer and you are very organized. This is the only way I can say it. <laughs> very efficient. I'm prepared. I think it's prepared. You know, in those kinds of situations, I think no matter what, I think being prepared always liberates you. It just empowers you in the room, I think. You know, I think it's also important to be able to allow your instincts to shine through or to come through when you're working. 
I don't think that you should lock yourself into some sort of cage that this is how it has to be. But at the end of the day, coming into a room prepared really liberates you and empowers you. Right. And makes you like the leader. Well, yeah. I mean, people want to be, yeah, people want to be led with, with, a, with a clear vision, a clear focus, a clear direction. Everyone wants that. Growing up, did you have a good, uh, have good financial examples or were you taught about money? You know, I wish that I would have been taught about it. I don't think my dad was, was, um, he never thought about money. We were poor growing up in Colombia. Uh, my dad worked very hard. You know, he's a great, huge source of inspiration too, because he, he taught himself how to read. He sold newspapers as a young boy and that's how he, 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 he learned how to read. So I admire his success and it, and it truly inspires me, but never was that I was never given, you know, the, the, this is, you know, the talk about money or the example about money or how important it is. I think, I think a lot of my, um, impose my, when I impose myself sort of discipline about money comes from just really being the son of an immigrant, you know, the, the, that we understand the responsibility and what it means when you come to a new, to a country like this, and you're afforded opportunities that you don't have in Colombia, and you just can't waste it away. Right. Amazing. Um, at the start of your career, I guess when you moved to New York, what did your finances look like at that point? I was always, so before, even before I came to New York, I had saved money. So because when I got here, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know, I didn't know where I was going to stay. I didn't know anybody. I wanted to take class. I had a very specific budget. I looked at my, I just recently looked at my diaries from that day and I would write down everything I spent, everything I ate, everything I did to the like, you know, so because I had to keep, you know, like my, my budget had to be like, in terms of food, it had to be like no more than $15 a day, probably like $10 a day, $10 actually, you know, so I would eat, you know, for lunch, I'd have yogurt and granola and maybe a banana. And then every other day I can have Dallas barbecue or, or maybe twice a week. I mean, it was a, it was real, it was a, it was a time of real sacrifices and I was skinny, the real hunger. And then, you know, I remember when I would actually, cause I also spent time in LA for me being in LA, I actually rented a car and sometimes uh, I slept in the car cause I didn't know anyone. So I, I would sleep in the car because I couldn't afford to get a hotel room, but I wanted to take class. You know, so a lot, I made a lot of sacrifices in order for me to be able to train because I was hungry for learning. And, uh, and I was having a sort of a, a, a race with myself to make sure that, you know, because I started late that I was, I had to be, I had to be better than everybody else quicker, faster, you know, so time played a huge driving force in everything I did. Wow. That's amazing. Was there an event in your life that shaped how you view or deal with money, like the 2008 financial crisis or anything like that, or a death in the family? No, you know, even when the 2008 uh, financial crisis happened, I wasn't, knock on wood, I was, uh, I, I, nothing really affected me because I hadn't invested my money. It was all in savings. Because that's the thing about about my money being invested is that even now, you know, like right now it's very, you know, even even when this all went down, I was like, I called my my um, my financial advisors and I was like, I need to get my money out of the investments. And everybody's telling me, no, no, no. But I was ready to take it all out. I'm I'm very safe with that. I'd rather just like maybe even put it in the safe in my apartment because I sort of don't trust any of that. Again, because I don't think, again, I haven't been taught about it. I don't have the instincts for it. I'm not a good gambler. I never gamble. Even when I go to Vegas, I don't gamble. You no, know, you know, I did. I did one thing that, that pissed me off. So I went on tour with Kids of a Spider-Woman. And again, I'm not, you know, I'm not, um, not cheap. I'm not cheap at all. I'm, I'm, I'm very smart. 
not I'm not very smart. I'm very uh, very conservative with my money. But I had saved quite a little bit of money on tour. I toured for two years, and uh, I gave it to one of my friends. Not gave it. I I, I invest. I I allowed one of my dearest friends' fathers' dads to invest it for me because he was working for Charles Schwab. So I asked him to invest in Starbucks and Oracle. And unbeknownst to me, he had taken my stocks out and and sold them. And and I at that time, you know, I knew that those because I had other friends who invested in them and they were doing very well. That was the only thing that thus far in terms of my finances, in terms of my investments, where I stay very hands on because I want to make sure that I know what what is happening to them. Again, I'm not. I don't look at them every day, but you know, at least once a month. I look at them. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that would make me mad too. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you had any health challenges in your life? No, I, I lead a very, very healthy life. Uh, I exercise, you know, again, my body is my tool, my instrument, so I have to respect it. Um, I, I take great care of it. Uh, you know, I have a lot of, I've had a lot of injuries over the years, a lot of tears, pulls, uh, broken my foot once, and I understand that I have to continue to maintain and keep myself at a certain physical condition in order for me to be able to do my job. So I eat well, I don't drink. I haven't drank in 12 years. I've never done drugs. You know, it's, it's just, uh, again, respect for, for your, for your, for your instrument and the craft. Yeah. Um, do you worry or think about money on a daily basis? I think I'm about money right now. You know, though, again, I have a great reserve. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm don't have, but still, yeah, of course. Right now, I do. I haven't, I haven't worried about money for the last fifteen years because I've been very, very blessed with, with, you know, with the shows that I've done and their success and their rollout. But it's a good moment for, well, it's, it's happening. It's, but it's, I'm not alone. You know, I mean, it's just not. It's not only me. It's, it's everybody. Everybody in the community. It's everybody in the world. So, but I do, I do worry about it. Yeah. Um, when you have excess money, where do you put it? I invest it. Yeah, in the stocks. Oh uh, yeah, some again, not aggressively, not aggressively. I sort of feel like I probably know the answer to this. Throughout your life, <laughs> have you used a budget? I haven't. I haven't. I thought. I actually thought maybe you would. I haven't used a budget, but again, I mean, I live. I said I'm very smart and conservative with my money, but I do enjoy my life, and I think I get that obviously, obviously from my parents, from my dad, because they had a great life. He died without you know, without much in his bank account. And I didn't expect to get an inheritance from my dad ever. I'm not um, irresponsible with my spending. We afford ourselves a, a, a beautiful vacation. When we do go on vacation, you know, that, you know, we're not like, well, you know, this meal has to be this amount. I don't think, I don't, I also feel in a way that we have to give back to the, to the, to the world, basically. I mean, that's the cycle of, because also I think, well, I mean, I, now I have responsibilities because I have our son. And of course, my husband. But at the end of the day, we, you know, we're not taking our money with us. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, we do. Uh, you know, we do have to leave our, you know, our sunset up in some sort of way. But it's not an overriding factor. I, I mean, I haven't. No, there's no budget right now. We're on a budget, definitely. I mean, right now we're definitely on a budget. Well, I, I just thought maybe because because you had said you like kept a diary of everything you did, and I thought. I, f- I figure that really puts it like in focus. So. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's, it's, it's I think also, but I do have a business manager, so that's that's my budget. She keeps me in check. Okay, that's amazing. Um, okay, what is a fantastic financial decision that you've made? This apartment. 
Did you, is it, bought? you bought it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how long ago? Uh, it's going to be 11 years. Nice. Amazing. How, how big is that? I'm going to ask all details about this apartment. <laughs> um, this apartment is like 2,500 square feet. It has an outdoor space. It's a, it's a duplex on the penthouse. It was my investment. I think it was more than I expected to pay for an apartment, but it was also one of my goals for us to be able to have a, a place, a home, somewhere where we could feel safe, you know, which really has come in handy, especially right now. By having this space, you know, I haven't gone crazy over the last four months. It's, uh, you know, we created a palace for ourselves. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, is it in Manhattan? Yes, Chelsea, yeah. Nicole and I, we're living, that's my wife, uh, we're living in a 350-square-foot apartment. Okay. <laughs> and I wish we just had a little bit more space right now. <laughs> well, you have to trust, because I did live in a 300-square-foot apartment when I first moved to New York City. So that's okay. You're, 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 it, will, it will happen. You just have to dream big. <laughs> um, okay, what is a terrible financial decision that you've made? To sell Oracle and Starbucks stock. <laughs> <laughs> That's cheating because you didn't really make that decision. <laughs> but I was part, okay. it was part of part of what I did, and and hopefully, right now, staying in the market, I, I hope that I'm I'm sort of I hope. I keep on praying that I haven't made the wrong decision. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to actually follow up on that. So when you called your financial advisor with pandemic everything and you were like, I want to pull it out. And everybody said, no, don't pull it out. You did keep it in. Yeah. I mean, everybody. So I have luckily we've created a great bubble with my neighbors here. We have two other families on our floor. One of them is an investment banker. And uh, the other one works for a bank. And then another one of my neighbors worked for a bank. So I had the two of them. My financial advisor, my stock manager, like all, oh, you know, I had like five people tell me not to pull out. So I was like, okay, I think I should. Good, good, good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, do you have an entity, a corporation, an LLC, or are you just Sergio and you get paychecks as Sergio? No, no, I'm a corporation. Um, so is that is basically everything you do goes to the corporation? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, W-2 income versus 1099 income. Uh, how much of each? 1099. It's all like pretty much all 1099. I think you have to, that, that you have to ask my business manager. Of course. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I, I've been very, um, the reason why I chose, I mean, other, other friends of mine have business managers, but I've been very spoiled by, by them and their car artist financial management. And I've been working with them for 16 years now. So they take care of everything. Nice, nice. Um, okay, so then maybe you don't know this, but do you pay quarterly taxes then? Yeah, we try to. I mean, they keep me very organized. I mean, um, we're very, they're very, very hands-on, very proactive in making sure that everything is is paid for, and uh, they're very, it's very responsible. I mean, and they manage a lot of actors and other directors. I'm not sure how many choreographers they have, but they have a lot of actors and people in film and and, and theater and television. And then, as part of that, they file your taxes every year. Yeah, yeah, for the last fifteen years. I won't be happy. I won't be doing. I won't be using TurboTax. <laughs> okay. Do you have a retirement plan, and what what are all the parts of it? Uh, I do have a retirement. I think that's a very, very. Uh, I do have one, and I think that I don't know all of the details of it. I think you're asking. Okay. You. Okay. I'm going to ask you. You're not going to know all of it, but I'll just ask you like parts of it. Okay. Do you have an IRA? Yes. Okay. And is that a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA, or both? Both. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um, and then do you have a 401k? Yes. Okay. And is that a Roth or traditional? I don't know that. Probably traditional. Yeah. I bet it's traditional because you have to go through steps to get a Roth. Do you have a pension? I do. And is that through the... SDC. SD, through my union. 
Society of Directors and Choreographers. Okay, do you have an annuity? Probably not. And Valerie, Valerie would know all of that. <laughs> okay, um, do you have life insurance? Yes, a very good one. Do you do you have it and your husband has we it? We both have it. We both have it separately. Both have it. Do you have a health savings account? I do, yes. Oh, wow, okay. Um, and then, maybe it's too early, but do you have a college savings plan for your son? We do, yeah. Amazing, all right. Lucas, that started <laughs> like the minute Lucas was born. He's doing quite well. And Lucas has um, has three, four really incredible godparents who, who created a art savings account so that, and they, they, they make a yearly contribution so that every so that it, when he is at a certain age, Lucas will be able to use that for theater, dance, museum. That's br- that's brilliant. Is that a thing, or did they just do that on their own? They did that on. Their oh own. my gosh, that's we got to make that a thing, an arts fund. Yeah. So that way he can go see shows, shows, concerts, ballets to the museum. Yeah, yeah. that's because when I I look back on my younger years and I think of all the times I didn't go see theater shows or live events because I just didn't want to pay for them and I regret it. Yeah, no, are you <laughs> kidding? Of course. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay, we're going to make that a thing, an arts savings account. <laughs> arts fund, you can call it. Arts fund, yeah. Okay, um, so I think we already answered this, but uh, outside of retirement, do you invest? And and in what? So we have, I think, your apartment and some stocks. Anything else? No, it's all it's all been invested in. Uh, again, I don't know the details of it all. Uh, it's not, you know, I mean, like, and I don't know that I want to share that right now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it's invested. Everything, everything, everything is saved. If it's not in cash, there's there's cash. There's a there's a cash account. There's a savings account, but the savings account is all in uh, stocks and so on and so forth. Uh, there's a retirement account that's been invested. It's all been really good. It's being taken care of. Yeah. That's, and and um, is that your business manager organizing all that? Or did before you had the business manager, did you already sort of? No, no, no. I, I sort of became incredibly, because of my experience with the, with my Schwab friend, I um, I made sure that. And then I interviewed whoever was going. we were going to be working with. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Um, which of your jobs, you don't have to answer this now that I'm thinking, but which of your jobs has been the most financially lucrative? Um, I think Jersey Voice has been very lucrative, but I've been very lucky that, um, a lot of my other shows have had great rollouts. So I think out of the 12, like five or six, five of them I've done up until March 12th, I had seven shows running worldwide. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> and then everything just shut down on September, March 12th. Yeah. Do you do you have any? Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, before, and there was a time where I had like 14 running. So that's, that's crazy. But Martin, yeah. So this is, you know, this is a very tricky, you know, nothing that we, any of us ever thought would ever happen. Yeah. I read, I read on Wikipedia that you had four Broadway shows at one point. I did. Yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's really cool. Um, do you have any, uh, I, cause I, okay, so I love Jersey Boys <laughs> and I actually saw it. I paid full price three times to go see it when it was on Broadway. I haven't seen it over at New World Stages. Do you have any insight? Is that going to come back at New World Stages or we have no idea? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we're hoping. I mean, you know, everyone has great sort of everyone's staying very positive and hoping that, you know, that this will all, I think, I think all of us, I mean, I think we're all invested in, in our work as much as we all can. Yeah. Absolutely. What has been uh, the most rewarding job you've had, um, regardless of finance? Like maybe the most artistically rewarding? Um, I do. I have one that I did at the ART called Arabal, uh, which is a piece 
that I created and conceived with John Weidman and Gustavo Santaolalla. Um, and it's a piece that I worked on for a few years. And uh, it's a dance theater piece. We actually won the Eleanor Award for Best Musical two, three years ago. And I won for Best Direction. But I think that's been artistically very rewarding um, because it was not a musical in its sort of traditional way. And, and, and it was something that I set out to do because I wanted to push myself. I wanted to push the boundaries of what I can do. I love my job. I love working here in New York. I love doing musicals. But sometimes I think we can fall prey to to the formula. And and, and I try to sort of distance myself from that when I was creating our Arabal. Spelled A-R-R-A-B-A-L. B-A-L. Okay. I'll find a link to that somewhere. Yeah. It's, um, it's, if you look, if you go to my with my uh, my website, you'll see okay. it. Okay. Awesome. Okay. And just a side tangent, but I, I heard a rumor that you're looking to direct non-musicals. Is that just a rumor or is there truth truth to that? No, no, that is a rumor. No, no, no musicals. No, I, I don't. I'm not, no, no, no. Only musicals. Okay. Oh, only musicals. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, you don't ever, you never know a play that may come around that uses a lot of dance. Right. But I just want, I want to do, if I'm going to direct, it has to be something where dance I mean, plays a big, yeah. big element yeah. in, the, in the narrative. Okay. One day I have this idea for, do you know the, the musical Big River? I do. Yeah. I mean, that's not. Yeah. Okay. So I, I like it and I have this great like production idea for it. I have the lights and the set figured out. And anyway, but it would require so much choreography. It's crazy. So one day I'll pitch that to you. Yeah, pitch it to me. Because I mean, it would be tricky to it would be tricky to do. You know, Des Makinov is, is is my mentor. Yeah, and it would be hard to do. But yes, so yes, pitch me the idea. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'm very curious. Okay, yeah. At the end of this, at the end of this, if you haven't had to run, I'll tell you more about it. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, do your professional network and your personal support network, do they overlap and what roles have they played for you? You know, I have a very, I have a very close knit group of friends who are all Broadway directors and choreographers and all very successful, but we were friends before any of us got to this place. But interesting enough, when we're together, we don't talk about our work. We're very much, it's a very sort of personal sort of, we'll create our own New York family. So we provide sort of support for each other on many levels. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just 30 years behind you. That's all. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. You are. You're just, it's, it's all, it's all bright. It's all bright. It's all bright and shiny for you. Uh, how much of your success has been hard work versus luck and happenstance? I believe in being at the right place at the right time, but I think you have to be prepared when that opportunity presents itself. Coming to New York City and deciding whether I was going to eat or take a dance class, you know, has been sort of the way that I've worked my entire life. So I always believe that every single opportunity you get is the only opportunity you're going to have. Yeah, yeah. And everything you've described to me already, you're a very hard worker. <laughs> I'm sure that's played a huge part. It's, you know, it's, it's just really maximizing each one of the opportunities. Yeah. In that moment. Okay, uh, heading a little bit to a wrap up. Um, what is your financial goal for this year? 2020 <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i don't know that this this i don't know that this i think this year is going to be a leap year yeah i think we have to jump forward for like i mean i think we're going to age like 10 years in the next year all of us i think we're all going to have gray hair that we've never you're going to get gray hair even that you never thought you're going to have yeah i don't know that this moment is is quite the accurate moment for us to have a conversation about creating financial goals i don't know I don't think anyone, aside from Amazon or anyone that's on yep. in the health industry or 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 creating the first vaccine or someone who's designing a, an app to take temperature of, of audiences, I think there can be talking, but I don't know that you and I can. Yeah, 
Right, exactly. Um, and then do you have a personal goal for this year? I think it's just to be able to stay, just stay really positive, optimistic, and healthy, and spiritually healthy. It's very, it's very it's challenging. Yeah. Okay, if money wasn't an issue, what would your life's goal be? I think I'd still be doing what I'm doing right now. I don't. I think. I think. I don't think that I would be. Would be. I don't think that I'd be anywhere. Anywhere different. Maybe a bigger apartment. I'd be. I'd be able to have the flexibility of maybe the the opportunity of being able to produce more work that I that I personally am interested in. You know, I'm, I'm making sure that I am that some of the work that I am going to be directing choreography that I'm creating, not creating or producing myself. I think that would be one of the things that I would probably do if I had all the money in the world is be able to really self-finance the things that I want to do. Yeah. Like my big river idea. Yeah, for would, sure. I'm interested. You know. I'm, I'm curious. I'm all, you know, I never saw the original. I've, I've never seen it. Yeah. I've only seen the Deaf West production. Uh-huh. And why do you want to pitch it? And why do you want to pitch it to me? I think the choreography, the movement is pretty much what would drive everything. I mean, there's music and there's a story, mm-hmm. but it's mostly singing. And, um, but the idea I have in my head is just very movement based. Great. It would, it would drive everything. Great. I, I'm, I'm all ears. <laughs> what financial advice would you give yourself back when you started your career? Or would you give somebody that's just about to start out as a dancer or a choreographer? I think you just have to stay really, continue to be even, I mean, you just always have to be incredibly disciplined with not only with your craft, with your time, but also with your finances. You know, luckily, I mean, this moment is proving to be very telling of that kind of thinking because, you know, this is a moment in our history and our, in our existence where we're all being challenged in so many ways. But I think since we're talking about that aspect of it, the finance part of it, I think one of the reasons why we're okay is because we've been able to plan and we've been very conservative and we're not cheap, but we've had, you know, we're, we're living... We're living our lives appropriately. Um, okay, some questions from my wife, Nicole, who is a non-artist. Why do a majority of artists have zero savings or retirement savings? I mean, listen, I think when we sign up to do what we do, it's hard for someone who has a nine to five or whatever time they work, whatever their their, their, their job is, to be an artist, because I think we're all artists. You sign up a, pers- a, a contract with yourself that the art, the thing that you love is going to be the overriding factor, the thing that dictates your lifestyle, everything that you do. And it's a, it's a hard life. It's a challenging life. It's, uh, it comes with all of, all of the, the challenges of, 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 I'm just taking myself, for instance, you know, coming to New York, not knowing anyone, do you eat or you take class? Do you train or do you spend your money on going to a movie? You know, like there are sacrifices, a life full of sacrifices of concessions of um and it's all because of we believe in the gift that we have all been given i think we all have a mutual respect for each other because we all understand that we've all made those that contract that we made that decision and that's hard for someone who doesn't really do things differently for them to understand or for to, that they do something different yep yep amazing um is now a good time for students to study art like, would now be a good time to be in college for dance? I don't see why not. I mean, I think that your dreams and your aspirations should not be decided upon by such a pivotal moment in, 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 our, in, our, in, in the world's history. I think that your dreams and your aspirations should, per, should, should supersede anything. Uh, because, again, I think, again, that we are all, we're all given a gift of sorts, and it's what we do with it and how do we maximize that gift. 
that will allow us to have success, personal success. And with that may come, you know, with that may come financial success. I, you know, I, I, one of the reasons why I didn't pursue dance earlier was because I had this pressure of, you know, becoming a chiropractor or getting, or, or getting a degree in something that would allow me to have a more sustainable career. But in essence, by just following my path, following my passion, following my love, I was able to do something that gave me the financial freedom to be able to do all the things that I've been able to do for my family and allow, because I'm just only talking about family because those are the things that an immigrant does. You know, you come to America, you get a good job so you can help your family and have a good life. And in essence, by following that, I've been able to do that and more. Yeah. Amazing. New York or big cities are artistic hubs. With everything going on right now, do you think young artists should still move to big cities? I think right now, I mean, I think we're going to be, this is going to take a lot of next year kind of thing. I think it's going to be quite a few years before we can get back, if anything, to the to the way it used to be. I think that life has changed in many ways. Socially, it's changed with the Black Lives Matters movement uh, and everything else that's going on with our government, with the world, with the world politics. Again, I believe that you should prepare yourselves so that when that opportunity comes, that opportunity to do the thing that you love, the thing that, 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 that can get you to where you need to get to, you're prepared. But I should always feel like you, I think it's important for you to take chances and take the opportunities. But when you do take that, that you're prepared. So don't come to New York City, you know, penniless or not having a plan or having a budget or having money saved up. You have to. You have to plan for all those things. But don't be afraid. Don't let fear be a guiding factor. Amazing. Um, uh, we sort of answered this earlier, but are you in any unions? Which ones and the pros and cons of joining? Yeah, I mean, I have, I'm part of SDC, uh, Society of Directors and Choreographers. I mean, it's a big plus for, for me. I mean, they're able to really protect our needs. Uh, I, I think that the union is working very hard right now in some foreseeable times as well, foreseen, uh, foreseen foreseeable times. I do believe in unions very much so. Okay, final two questions. What separates those that have an artistic career from those that stop or never try it? Everybody's priorities change. Everybody's goals change. And I think that's part of each person's um, own personal evolution. And I think we, we all have to listen to our inner voice. I respect every person's decisions, every person's aspirations in the same way that I expect them to respect mine. You know, we all evolve. And that's part of, 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 of us being humans. I, I think it's all, it's all relative. Yeah. Amazing. Where can people find out more about you? I think they can look at my website sergiotrujillo.com or they can go to my Instagram account sergiotrujillo1 Ooh, I've got, I'm going to follow that yeah at sergiotrujillo1 though I'm going to be signing off for a little bit because I need to take a break from it yeah I understand I only I only use it really to publish things that I'm in or, or friends or support other other uh, movements but other than that you know it, it could be uh, and again it's my whole thing about just being really incredibly alert and the trend and what young people are doing because young people can inspire you or anybody, really. Other people, anybody who can see the world differently from what I, the way I see it can always inspire me. Yeah, I love that. I agree so much. Um, okay, Sergio, it was wonderful talking with you. Thank you for giving us your time. My pleasure. My pleasure. I hope I, hope I was able to answer the questions eloquently. And I'm, hopefully some of the people that are listening to this will, will be able to take something, something that I've said uh, with meaning.
I am in my mid fifties and I've lived, I lived fully and I've taken a lot of chances and I've made a lot of sacrifices and, um, you know, I'm doing okay. <laughs> yeah. I love <laughs> it. I love it. All right. Well, thank you for giving me your time. My pleasure. That was our interview with Sergio Trujillo. My takeaways were be prepared when opportunity comes knocking, whether it be in life, career or worldwide pandemic, know what you want and need and rise to the occasion. Be a leader. Everyone wants a clear vision forward. If you can provide that, people will seek you out. Think about making an arts fund for your child. Set aside some money so they can enjoy the fine arts as they get older. Trust experts to guide you with your finances, but make sure you are involved enough to know where your money is at any given time. That's it for today. Until next time, break a leg.